It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Locked On NBA Fantasy Minute is presented by Price Picks. Price Picks is the most fun you can have playing daily fantasy basketball and winning up to 25 times your money. Go to pricepicks.com slash locked on NBA and use the code locked on NBA for a first deposit match up to $100. We are very much in the thick of the fantasy basketball playoffs. You might be starting it this week, you might be already in it, it might be a week away. And at this point of the year, with only five weeks left in the entire regular season, Playing the schedule is the most important thing. So this week, the Minnesota Timberwolves and the Los Angeles Lakers play two games only. So any fringe players you have from those teams, even guys, yes, like Kyle Anderson replacing Kyle Anthony Towns, that's not worth it with two games on. You need to be stacking extra games and you need to be looking at the teams with four games. You need to be looking at teams with games early in the week and then switching them out for teams with more games later in the week. Get more games in, play the schedule, be cutthroat with injuries and get players in to get yourself success for fantasy basketball. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. I think I don't, I don't do trade or money or fashion. I do arts. Hey, what's up? Welcome to episode number 671 of Locked on Raptors for Friday, February the 28th. I am your host, Sean Woodley of RaptorsHQ.com. You can find me on Twitter as always at WoodleySean. Find the show at Locked on Raptors. We can find links to every single episode of the podcast. And of course, please make sure you're checking out the Locked on Podcast Network. We have team-focused shows covering all 30 NBA teams, all 32 NFL teams, all 30, or sorry, 30 of 31 NHL teams, and every single team in MLB. The Columbus Blue Jackets are one straggler. Keep an eye out, you Columbus Blue Jackets fans. That show will be up and running soon, I'm sure. Uh, also, please make sure you're subscribing to, rating, and reviewing all the shows on the network that you'd like to support. It's very much appreciated. We've also got fantasy shows for hockey, basketball, football, and baseball now. If you are a fantasy player and want to get the goods on how to win your leagues, especially with MLB season starting up and you've got your fantasy baseball drafts, Scott Cohen has you covered over on Locked On Fantasy Baseball. So make sure you're checking that out, too. Uh, all right. On today's show, as promised yesterday on the show that I meant to turn into a mailbag, but there was just too much damn news to talk about. Uh, it's a mailbag show today, and we're going to go through a bunch of your questions. Thank you so much for sending them in and joining me to discuss the questions, including one of her own is Kelsey O'Brien from Raptors Republic and all over the place. Just kicking ass up and down the Dishes and Dime po- Dimes podcast as well. Kelsey, what is going on? Not a whole lot. Get ready to get into this mailbag. My favorite kind of uh, podcast. We got some deranged questions in here. Too, too, <laughs> which 
I love, including yours. <laughs> so we'll probably save yours for the final segment of the show. We've got some like basketball questions we can get to early on, and then we can Gross. get weirder and weirder as we carry on. I know, right? Disgusting. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, so let's get started with one of those basketball questions from former guest of the show, friend of the show, Freddie Revis host of the Confederacy of Dunks podcast. You should go listen to that. Uh, he says, it seems like the Raptors have had one or two guards injured for the entire season. If everyone was somehow healthy at the same time, what's your ideal role breakdown for Kyle, Fred, Norm, Terrence Davis, Patrick McCaw, and Matt Thomas? Uh, Kelsey, I'll start with you. What do you think? Like minutes distribution and role and do they play at all? Like how do you think those six guys should be included in nick nurse's rotations presumably uh, if, if if the raptors get healthy at some point which they might uh, nick nurse seems confident it'll happen i'm less so and we might just be in a perpetual state of two guys being out but um what are your thoughts on the six guards and how they all fit into the mix well first of all that's a really big if the way the season's going <laughs> so um i think what nick nurse is doing with kyle and fred in the same lineup it does seem to be working i was skeptical at first but i think going forward i mean I know we don't we don't have load management anymore, but maybe to load manage one of them in like the shittier games, like tonight mm-hmm. against the Hornets would have been great. But um, I, I don't think we'll be seeing as much Patrick McCaw. I mean, I'm not a Patrick McCaw hater like the rest of Raptors Twitter, but I think we'll be seeing a lot less of him if and when everyone is healthy. And Norm, I think we should save Norm to the playoffs because. Playoff Powell is a play is the real playoff P. So yeah, save Norm to destroy the Bucks, to destroy the Pacers, and everyone else, I guess, um, break glass in case of emergency. Yeah, I think Patrick McCaw, the injury or the sickness or whatever he's had, probably has not worked in his favor when it comes to his minutes when he does come back because I mean, Terrence Davis, I think, is like unquestionably ahead of him in the rotation now. He's just more dynamic. He's a better player. Uh, and Matt Thomas, as much as maybe McCaw does more things well than Matt Thomas, whether it is you know playmaking, whether it's his defense, I think Matt Thomas's one skill is so extremely good that it kind of has more utility, especially if you get into a playoff series with, say, Milwaukee, where we saw very plainly what the sort of formula is for beating the bucks it's hitting a bazillion threes and matt thomas if he can do anything it's hit a bazillion threes for you or at least sort of change the way the defense played and and you know make them think about him on the floor in a way that no one ever thinks about patrick mccaw and so i, I think if i was like ranking them it would be kyle fred norm terrence matt pat uh as sort of the the power ranking of who's in line for minutes um, I, I think they've done a pretty good job with Kyle and Fred sort of staggering them and always having one of them on the floor. And I think that's helped sort of limit their minutes as well. They're starting together. They're closing together. They're not really overlapping all that much otherwise. And I think that's the right way to go about it. And I wouldn't even mind seeing their minutes brought down even a little bit more by working in some, you know, Terrence Davis at the point and stuff like that in, in those like transitional late quarter lineups. If you really want to get, you know, fancy with the rest. Uh, although I, I don't really see nurse doing that, especially as the race for the two seeds seems to be very much a thing that's going to dominate our lives until the end of the season. <laughs> and then yeah, like Norman Terrence, they're kind of very similar. And, uh, and I honestly kind of said, at different points this season, I kind of think Norm makes a little bit more sense as a fit starting next to Kyle. 
I don't think we're going to see that change. I think Fred's entrenched as a starter at this point, and he deserves to be. But I think we could see sort of a pairing up of like Kyle with Norm and Fred with Terrence Davis, and you get kind of similar skill sets. You get the similar shooting from the two guard. You get the similar sort of secondary ball handling from Davis and Norm. Um, and obviously their driving kick games are very similar too. So I think like the skills match pretty nicely there. And if you can build a bench unit around like you say you start with Kyle and Fred, you take Kyle out early, you have Fred run with the starters, and then you start the second quarter with Kyle and Terrence Davis or Kyle and Norm. I think sort of matching those two guys up is the way I'd like to see it, considering how their skills complement each other. And then Matt Thomas, I mean, Nick Nurse said yesterday at practice that he's kind of played himself into more minutes and he's earned it. And I think that's justified considering the way he's like been able to hang on defense a little bit and also just like the insane shooting that he brings and it's like watching a Matt Thomas game. It's like the same pattern every time where he comes in. The other team has not even scouted for him or doesn't even know who he is. He hits three threes on their heads. And then it's like, oh, we have to defend this guy insanely attentively. Otherwise, we're screwed. And I, I think that just sort of like element of surprise when Matt Thomas comes in and just that very, very elite shooting is always kind of nice to throw in um, in a pinch. So I, I think. Yeah, he's probably fifth for me ahead of Patrick McCaw, who I think, uh, unfortunately, might be squeezed here. Although I, I hesitate to, you know, assume that Patrick McCaw has fallen out of Nick Nurse's good graces because, God, there's something going on there. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, any other lingering thoughts on that before we carry on to the next question? Well, I think I don't think you can really like rank them or rate them or place them until you see what's going on in a game. And I think Nick Nurse has yeah. that's the way that he's coached is it depends on the game. It doesn't necessarily depend on the matchup or it doesn't necessarily depend on, you know, egos or rotation. It's just, if the game is going, if you need a three point shooter, um, Matt Thomas is going to be in before norm. If you need mm -hmm. someone defending Terrence Davis is going to be in before Patrick or sorry, before Matt Thomas. So it, it all mm -hmm. depends on the direction that the game is flowing. I think. That is a really good point. Me describing it as like matching up certain guys is a very Dwayne Casey-ass way of thinking of things. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> Nick Nurse is much more fluid, so good point by you. Hey guys, it's Walker Mail, host of the Locked On Hornets podcast, and being around sports media and a fan of the Hornets for a lifetime has taught me that sometimes it's exploring the sliding doors moments and what-if scenarios in sports that can be the best part of the fan experience. What if the Seahawks let Marshawn run on the one-yard line with the Super Bowl on the line? Or could a coin flip actually have landed Magic in Chicago, Michael in L.A., and made Charles Barkley the first black president? Enter Wondery's newest sports show, Alternate Routes, a weekly leap into the sports multiverse with former Sports Center anchors Trey Wingo and Kevin Frazier. Each week on the podcast, Trey and Kevin will pry open the sliding doors of a different what if moment from the world of sports. In these alternate sports realities, dynasties will fall, legacies will change forever, new goats will emerge. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcast. You can listen to Alternate Routes early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Uh, all right, let's go to the next question here. This one comes from Joseph Triglov. He asks, which Winter Olympic sport would each Raptors player be best at? So let's, Ooh. okay, how about this? We go through each uh, of the players on the roster, I guess, and then we can match them up with a sport. There are lots of, I think there's like 15 Winter Olympic sports or something like that. Let's start off with Fred Van Vliet. What Winter Olympic sport 
would Fred VanVleet be good at? Let me pull up the list of Winter Olympic sports as well, and we can do a little, uh, you know, those matching games you have in those children's yeah. workbooks. <laughs> we can do that. Uh, <laughs> Winter Olympic sports. Uh, Fred is small. He's rotund. He is... Uh, he's got, I think, like a low center of gravity. My thinking for Fred is like he's the back of the, like he's like the the brakeman in a bobsled. Like he's got that low center of gravity. He can really power you out of the start. And then he's just really steady. He's not going to get scared at the back. Um, and he can kind of, you know, properly guide you down the uh, down the hill. Maybe this is, maybe he's the driver of the bobsled actually. Or the luge, if he's got that center of gravity and he's just the only one going. I mean, he does like to dribble drive on his own. So <laughs> if he's, yeah, if he's going to be on a bobsled, he might as well just go full thing and do luge. Just That's control a good point. himself with those hips. <laughs> uh, I'm, now I'm thinking of Kyle Lowry on a luge sled and just like him levitating because his ass is touching and nothing else is. <laughs> seems dangerous uh okay so we got the list of sports as well we've got uh bobsled luge skeleton ice hockey figure skating speed skating short track speed skating curling alpine skiing free freestyle skiing snowboarding you know the nordic events and that's it uh and then old ass ones like skijoring which are no longer in the olympics <laughs> apparently there was a an olympic sport called military patrol <laughs> a precursor oh. to biathlon uh, that was contested until 1948. Interesting. Weird. Very anyway, interesting. Uh, so Fred Van Vliet, luge. Let's go to uh, Kyle Lowry. What sport do you think he fits in well with? <laughs> Military patrolling, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. I... Maybe hockey, because it's the probably the most competitive one. Hmm. And he is a, a okay. team player, so... I don't think I'm not going to put him in ski jumping just because of that ass. I don't think he's going to be able to jump high. Um, snowboarding, I'm not sure. Um, yeah, maybe definitely military patrol, whatever that is. It sounds very Kyle or hockey. So my answer for this, those are both good, good guess, good, good suggestions. My answer is short track speed skating. Those dudes have to be like compact and powerful. They are constantly jostling for position and like trying to make passes on the inside. And I could just see Kyle's butt being an extremely potent weapon in short track speed skating to sort of like give him space between himself and the rest of the skaters who are trying to jostle for position. Uh, and like, that's just like a kind of a nitty gritty sport, right? Like you're, you're falling down a lot. Kyle does that quite a bit. Um, you're like, it's very close quarters. It's like, a dozen razor blades in very close proximity. And, and Lowry seems like he's constantly playing in a hail of razor blades. <laughs> <laughs> so that's my pick for Kyle. Do you, do you see where I'm coming from there? Um, well, I, if I watched short track speed skating, I would probably get it, but you're saying it's I very highly recommend it. I, when I was in red deer for the Canada winter games last year, I, uh, like I didn't call any short track, which seemed very stressful, but I did just like go and take some in. It is wild. So insanely stressful. Just okay. dudes falling all over the place. Uh, 
constantly like disqualifications. There's lots of like ref aggrievement in uh, in short track as well, which I think would go well with Kyle. Oh yeah, then there's that's perfect like, for Kyle. Yeah, there's constantly like, oh, I got nudged here. Uh, you know, call a review, disqualify that guy. Seems like very Kyle shit to me. Oh, that was extremely <laughs> Kyle shit. <laughs> uh, all right, let's go to uh, OG Ananobi. What does OG Ananobi do? Um, hmm, skeleton. Hmm. Yeah, I could see that. I don't know if you do skeleton and partners, but him and Chris Boucher would be deadly. I think they do luge and partners, but not skeleton. Oh, because I think it's too dangerous. But yeah, there's there's mixed doubles and men's and singles. Men sing men's singles, men women's singles, mixed doubles and mixed team relay in luge, which all of that sounds so dangerous and deadly. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Too many like blades and ice and Yeah. Yeah. And you know, hundred mile an hour speeds. Yeah, um, I think Skeleton works for OG because he yeah, it's like a solo thing. He is kind of a a recluse uh, a little bit. And I think his like core strength, he's like the strongest dude there is. I think that would like keep the skeleton sled cardboard uh, slab on the on the ice pretty well. <laughs> All the technical <laughs> terms here on the Locked On Raptors podcast discussing. I'm very, very, I'm very much an expert. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely an expert of uh, of the uh, of the ice sports. <laughs> my favorite thing when the olympics happen is like watching it two times through and then knowing exactly the beats and rhythms of every run and being like oh man i can't believe he didn't get those extra point two hundredths of a second on that turn <laughs> unbelievably disappointing embarrassing really <laughs> how is he even here uh, yeah let's uh so let's, do this by... <laughs> let's do this by sport so we can be a little bit be a little bit quicker i think because we okay. are taking a lot of time on this uh so we've got illusion a skeleton we've got a short track speed skating uh figure skating anyone oh, on the Raptors Serge you Ibaka. think would be a good figure skater Serge Ibaka he does art figure skating is art <laughs> see I could I think Serge is first of all I think Serge would never be caught dead at a winter olympics <laughs> it's yeah just not not favorable to him I could see him doing like rhythmic ry- rhythmic gymnastics with, with scarves <laughs> oh I love that which goes into the figure skating thing for sure uh, actually, ice dancing might be the thing for him. Is that a difference? Is there a figure difference? skating. Well, yeah. So ice dancing is like you're dancing and doing like um, sort of choreographed elements as opposed to like athletic jumps. Not to say that the ice dancers aren't terribly athletic, but I mean, that's like the Tessa Virtue Scott Moyer stuff. I could see Serge, um, you know, being like a really strong, powerful partner. You often see like the the man in the ice dancing tandems are like really tall and just have the muscles to like lift the, the the woman involved over their heads like five times over the course of your routine. So I think okay. you're right. Yeah, he would fit in really well there. Um, I was going to say Terrence Davis for like men's singles figure skating just because of like he's got the leaping ability for sure. Mm-hmm. And he could like get those triples and quads to to land. And I think he's like creative around the rim in a really sort of figure skating way uh adds little flourishes and touches of style to get those style points so that was my thinking there but surge ice dancing i think now is uh, a thing i need to see <laughs> bleacher report do it <laughs> yeah <laughs> we got uh, kyle and matt thomas at the ballet we need surge on the ice pronto oh my god 
Matt Thomas is slight. He can be Serge Ibaka's ice dance partner. He could. I had him for um the biathlon because he's got that deadly shot. Oh, so. yeah. Pretty good one. Yesterday at practice, I noticed, uh, and I didn't tell anybody this because I, I didn't want to be mean to William Lou, but we can be mean to William Lou. Matt Thomas has the opposite of Will Lou's head. It's, it's very so small. tiny. <laughs> it's like it's like half a Will Lou head, which is very funny. When Love he played the uh, one duty game, I was like, "How am I going to tell him and Nick Bear apart?" And then I was like, "Oh, because <laughs> Matt Thomas's head is like a peanut." So I, I was like, okay, he's the white guy with the small head. <laughs> um, we've gone through a lot of these. Uh, we, we did short track speed skating. We don't need to do long track speed skating. Um, although I think Pascal has the strides to maybe be really good at that. Um, that's uh, it's always a, a nice handy tool to have there. Curling. Is there a curler uh, in the Raptors ranks? I mean, I don't know much about curling, and I feel like I could be a curler. So I'm gonna put <laughs> I'm gonna put Patrick McCaw and Stanley Johnson on my curling team because I feel like we could still succeed. That'd be fun. Uh, I was gonna say just like because it's kind of an old man sport. So I was gonna say like Nurse Adrian Griffin, Nate Bjorkren, and uh, Sergio Scariolo. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's what the we Scariolo, need. Scariolo could d- design like the the curling pants. Oh, you know, perfect. Like Norwegian style curling pants. Yeah. So. Look forward to that. <laughs> um, alpine skiing. Is that the one through like, like trees and stuff? Yeah, we'll say the downhill where you're going as fast as possible through like the gates and whatnot. I mean, Kyle would be really good at that too. Mm-hmm. Just running, yeah. running with no purpose. Y- yeah. <laughs> I feel like uh, Chris Boucher would be the most likely to get horribly injured doing downhill skiing because he'd get a little overzealous and then fall down. And he weighs like 36 pounds, so he'd just be like airborne the whole time. And we, we yeah, have no idea where he landed. Yeah, that is the sneaky thing with alpine skiing is like the heavier you are, the more you're going to get pulled down the hill. Boucher would just like constantly. I feel like Boucher on skis is also something I need to see, but in the complete opposite of the way I need to see Serge Ibaka on uh, ice dancing sheet. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> um. There's uh we can lump freestyle skiing and snowboarding together because they're the coolest sports. Um, who's the coolest raptor and thus the guy who would be most likely to snowboard or freestyle ski? Um, maybe Ronde. I feel like Ronde mm. would put a lot of effort into it. Yeah, and I'm sort of thinking, I'm envisioning the way that like Ronde dribbles and the way he like often like has his hands like almost on the ground as he's like picking up the ball and dribbling. He's very like leaned over all the time. That kind of reminds me of like a snowboarder is like trying to like get a a turn and get a turn. That's definitely the terminology. They're trying to turn and they like lower their center of gravity to like weigh out the turn. And, you know, again, also a sport where you fall a lot. So that would fit with Ronde as well. Yeah. And then he just like whacks up to the rim (laughs) the way that you have to like whack up to do like a flip. Yeah, yeah. Ronde has extreme snowboarder energy. I like it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> also, I think he would look best in a snowboarding outfit. Yes, for sure. Imagine his hair when he doesn't have it braided, just flowing out from beneath the helmet. <laughs> Beautiful. I'm actually intrigued now. We need to see this. Uh, and then to the Nordic events, biathlon, cross-country. We talked about biathlon. Matt Thomas is perfect. Um, cross-country skiing. This also, to me, seems like a Pascal sport. 
where like the long athletic strides are really important. He doesn't really seem to get tired all that often, although maybe a little bit more this season than last, but he is kind of an energizer bunny has that endurance. And that is uh, very important for cross country skiing because man, cross country skiing is hard. And long. Yeah. Very long and hard. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. Serge Ibaka, also cross-country skier. Yeah. Uh, next question. <laughs> uh, let's uh, actually, so here's a question from at Masayu Jiri Duty. After Kyle's human nutmeg failed, what other unorthodox move should he try in the next game? Or try Le- next in a game? Leapfrog. <laughs> if going under doesn't work, go over. I wonder if you can, if there is any legislation against, like, you know how you can screen and roll. Can you, like, kneel down for, like, a leapfrog over like, to, like, set a guy up for a dunk type of thing? I mean, you can't, like, you can't really foul your own teammate. So as long as the coast's clear and you're not hitting anybody in the way, right? Yeah. Like, I'm I'm envisioning, like, uh, like, Rondé Hollis-Jefferson sort of crouching down just outside the restricted area as Lowry's making a drive from the left corner and then just like jumping off the back of Ronde to dunk. Which would be perfect for summer uh, Olympic events like synchronized swimming. Yeah. Or the vault. Or the vault. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I, I'm, I'm actually curious to see if that would actually be a, a violation. Jumping off the back of your own teammate to dunk. I mean, we play the Hornets tonight, so might as well try it out. Plenty of experimentation <laughs> to be had. <laughs> Man, I I now need to read a rule book because this Kyle will definitely test the rule book to its extremes. Obviously, ask George Hill. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, Man, that's good. I would also like to see him do like a pull a blindfold, like pull a headband over someone's eyes. Definitely would get a tech and probably uh, a foul for that, but oh, uh, definitely a foul. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he he also feels. Yeah, I mean, he also feels like uh, who was it that Kobe did like the bounce off of and was it Matt Barnes? Matt Barnes, yeah. Yeah, like that feels like a Lowry thing, and it's surprising we haven't seen that more often too. I mean, he's still competitive. Once he's not like once he's got his second ring this summer, and um. He's like closing in on retirement. Maybe he'll start doing some weird stuff like that. And I will be yeah. loving it every second of it. His lasting legacy can be just altering the rule book forever. Yeah, just fucking with people until they have to make a rule about it. <laughs> We're going to get to the final mailbag question of the day in just a second. And it comes from Kelsey, which is very exciting. But I want to remind you first that if you've been a listener to this podcast, I'm sure you've heard all the great advertisers working with Locked On to reach sports fans. But you may not know that Locked On Raptors is a great way for your local business to reach passionate Raptors fans just like you. Unlike any other podcast, Locked On gives your local company the unique ability to reach local podcast listeners and not just any podcast listener, a Locked On podcast listener. If your company wants to connect with Raptors fans that are well educated with a disposable income, then let's put your company right here 
here on this Locked On podcast. Local fans love to support local businesses. Text advertising to 33777 or visit lockedonpodcast.com slash advertising and let us know who you are. We'll get our team out to help your team achieve Locked On advertising success. Once again, text the word advertising to 33777 or visit lockedonpodcast.com slash advertising. We look forward to hearing from you. This is Jake from Locked On. Locked On has teamed up with State Farm to spotlight some of the greatest supporting players in NBA history. After beating the Heat led by LeBron James and Dwayne Wade in 2011, Dirk Nowitzki won an NBA title and proved himself to be one of the greatest basketball players of all time. But there was one player in the starting lineup for the last three games of the finals that helped support Dirk all the way to a championship, J.J. Barea. Led by J.J. and Jason Terry, the Mavs' second unit proved to be the strength throughout the playoffs, where they led the NBA in bench scoring. But for games 4, 5, and 6 in the NBA Finals, Mavs coach Rick Carlisle inserted Berea into the starting five to help the Mavs space the floor and put more playmaking around Dirk. J.J. Berea had a knack for running the pick-and-roll with Dirk that helped the Mavs score more efficiently on their run to a title. Dirk Nowitzki couldn't score the way he did if he didn't have much-needed support from someone like J.J. Berea. Sometimes, you and I need that kind of support, too. Think of State Farm like a pivotal team player. When you need help protecting the things that matter most, remember the jingle and just say, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. All right, Kelsey, let's wrap this thing up with the piece de resistance. The uh, question that came in from you, who is each Raptors fast food equivalent? This is a very good question. Let's start with, uh, I mean, let's just run through, I suppose, each sure. of the Raptors. We can go pretty quick on this. Uh, don't want to run too, too long, and we only have a few minutes left to, to chat here. But let's start. Fred Van Vliet. So Fred Van Vliet, I would say Harvey's. And that's because mm. I'm not necessarily like a big fan of Harvey's, but I can appreciate why other people are. And over the couple year, past couple years, they've added like new stuff to the menu. Like they have those cool milkshakes, and then they have like fried pickles. But before, it was kind of just like a patty that would dribble the air out of the ball. So that's why Fred Van Vliet is Harvey's to me. I, uh, I love that a lot. Um, I don't really have anything to add. I think Harvey's makes a lot of sense. He's also uh, like, he, I know he's not Canadian, but he kind of has that like rugged Canadian identity a little bit. Um, and that fits with Harvey's, which is, of course, only Canadian. Um my answer for Kyle Lowry is he is Arby's. Yes, I said Arby's people, too. Yes, people seem to not like Arby's for some reason, and because they, they don't like, try a really it. Bad rap. Yeah, you've never tried it. You've never watched it. Um, you've never gone to get the four for six meal. You have clearly missed out on curly fries. Like Kyle Lowry is the curly fries from Arby's of players. He they're like the perfect fast food item. They drive winning. And I, I can't believe people don't like them or just have not given it a shot. Um, if you've had Arby's once and you get it, then you get it. Like if you've understood Kyle Lowry and you've watched him play for even like a game and you really are trying to understand what it is that makes him good, then you get it and you get it forever. That's the thing with Arby's. I, I think also uh, like his ass looks like two ham melts together. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, you know, you also got the Jamocha shake as well from Arby's, which is a perfect uh, dessert. And uh, God, Arby's rules. Everyone doesn't get it. And uh, it's the most Kyle Lowry comparison I could think of. Yeah, they're always adding new stuff and amazing stuff that you would never expect. Like he's taking charges in an all-star game. Bam, mozzarella sticks. Human nutmeg. <laughs> bam, creamsicle milkshake. Kyle Lowry's Arby's. Arby's is great. Kyle Lowry is great. Everyone else is wrong. 
next person. Hell yeah. God, yes. I'm so glad you like Arby's. <laughs> I love Arby's. I would die for Arby's. It's so good. I would every like time I go on Arby's. Every time I go on a road trip to the States, uh, it is Arby's is part of the trip because how could it not be? It's incredible. And uh, people who have been sleeping on it have been missing out on something amazing their entire lives, much like Kyle Lowry. Uh, what fast food is Norman Powell? Norman Powell is a tough one. I might go with Wendy's because okay. it's not one that like you bust. It's not one of the top ones that you choose often. But when you do, you're like, yeah, this slaps. Like I... A Dave's double? Hell yeah. That's Norm. Yeah. There's like, I think there's like a narrow line of things that I like from Wendy's. Like, I love the spicy chicken sandwich. It's incredible. And when it's on, man, it's the best fast food item there is. And that's sort of like when Norm is on, like when Norm, Norm, Norm playing the Bucks is the Wendy's spicy chicken of basketball. Yeah. Just at like, a Wendy's that's open past 10 o'clock. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think, yeah, Norm as Wendy's makes sense. He also has the most squared haircut on the team, <laughs> I find, which, you know, we don't cut corners. <laughs> um, Always fresh, never frozen. That's Norm Powell. <laughs> um, what fast food is uh, Pascal Siakam? That's a tough one. You answer that one because I don't know. I truly don't know what Pascal is going to be. Okay, so Pascal is really fast. He most of the time really has it figured out, but sometimes you'll get a stinker in there. I, I think to me that is like <clears throat> Oh, Blaze Pizza. Oh, okay. That's a good one. Basically I've LeBron. Pizza, but... Super fast. <laughs> I was going to say he's like Chipotle because like, man, you go in that line, boom, it's done real quick. Usually it's really reliable and good. Um, but once in a while, it'll give you salmonella. <laughs> <laughs> That's like why I had surge for McDonald's because you pretty much know what you're going to get. Yeah. But then like sometimes if it's like assembled by an employee that like clearly doesn't want to be there, you're like, mm. what the hell is this? But for the most part, it's going to be like consecutively delicious. That's a really good point. Also, looks the best in commercials. Yes. <laughs> I have a sweater covered in Big Macs, just like I would like a sweater covered in Sergi Baca. So. <laughs> um, Marcus Saul, first of all, doesn't strike me as a person who has ever eaten fast food, but uh, what do you, I mean, I guess in his like high school days when he was a bit of a chunker, but not, <laughs> not so much since then. Uh, so, what is Marcus Saul? Marcus Saul, probably A&W. Because he's like expensive okay. as hell to get. Like we had to give up a lot for him. And then, <laughs> but he's the only option that has onion rings and sweet potato fries. And after I eat A&W, I always feel sick, which is kind of the way that Joel Embiid probably feels whenever he's being guarded <laughs> by Marcus Hall. So Marcus Hall is A&W. That's a really good one. Uh, it is really expensive, but man, it's good. I, yeah, just yeah. Just I, I have nothing else to add. It's it's a really good answer. Uh, <laughs> we can wrap through a couple more here. Uh, which fast food restaurant is Matt Thomas? Um, I don't know what Matt Thomas is. What's like super fast and I don't know. Where can you get just like a club sandwich? I think he's Booster Juice. <laughs> I didn't even think the of Booster Juice. 
they do exactly one thing and it's usually pretty reliable. Yeah, for sure. One thing in like a million different ways. Yeah. Which is like <laughs> Matt Thomas from Beyond the Arc. <laughs> yeah. And like him running a pick and roll to set up a Chris Boucher dunk is their tuna wrap. <laughs> yeah. Or they're one of those energy <laughs> bites. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, the energy bites. Those are clutch. Um, behind the curtain, when it's the playoffs at Scotiabank Arena, they uh, don't have a media meal just because it's. Uh, there's not enough space for it with all the tv broadcast stuff so they give concession vouchers and the thrill every playoffs is trying to equate the amount of food you're getting exactly to the 20 dollars in the voucher and the energy bites i usually go to freshy they have energy bites there as well i usually get the freshy and then like the bowl and then the energy bites and it comes to exactly 20 bucks and it's perfect amazing Little little inside baseball for you. <laughs> um, and uh, we can go one more here. OG Ananobi, what is his fast food equivalent? I don't know. I The last one I had was Paul Watson Jr. and Nick Nurse. I didn't have anything for OG. Okay. That's, yeah, for, I don't think OG eats much fast food anyway. No. Yeah. Um, for Paul Watson, I had Popeyes, particularly their sandwich, mm. because it's like stashed down in the States the way that Paul is stashed down in the G League. And you don't really know much about it. You just know that it's amazing, which is what I keep telling people about Paul Watson Jr. And also, like, Popeye's has so many things that are better than just, like, chicken and fries. Like, their red rice and beans, I think about that every day. And I have cried about Paul Watson four times in 2020. He's been the only thing that I've cried about. And so, yeah, I think about Paul Watson as much as I think about the Popeye's red, red beans and rice and macaroni and cheese. The rice and beans is the best fast food side dish in the world. It's extremely, extremely good. Oh, man. One day, Sean and I are going to have a viewing party that's just like Arby's and Popeye's rice and beans. Yeah, I, I almost want to say Kyle is also Popeye's just because, again, people who don't like it kind of misunderstand it. I think maybe more people are wise to Popeye's than are wise to the virtues of Arby's. But still like I know my fiance absolutely hates Popeye's and hates when I have it because she doesn't like the smell of it. Um, and I, I, I just don't care. I will bring it home all the time and talk about how great it is. I've gone into a Popeye's like close to closing time and just said, give me all that you have left. <laughs> because <laughs> I can eat so much Popeye's. It's amazing. Uh, and the spicy chicken tenders are the Kyle Lowry pull up three of <laughs> foods. Just the the thing that just completely took the top off the ceiling and just made it made it what it is today. Uh, yeah, Paul Watson's a good one though. Last one you you said he had Nick Nurse. Nick Nurse, yeah, Nick Nurse is KFC because Nick okay. Nurse like. Sometimes KFC will put together things that are like, you're like, that's disgusting, like a double down or like the one with the donuts. And then you're like, no, it's not. It's amazing. And that's kind of how <laughs> Nick Nurse is like with his lineups and like some of his strategies like coming out of timeouts. Like a box stand one is like, what's that? What's that thing that they made that one year? It was like a bowl of like mashed potatoes and like popcorn chicken with like corn and oh, gravy. Yeah. yeah. Just like, like it, the the heart missile bowl. But yeah, it, it's yeah, strange, sure it but it works. Yeah. Um on this along the same thinking, I think Nick Nurse's Burgers Priest. Uh it's the best of all of the the burger chains, I think. Like all those sort of next level burger chains, like Five Guys and stuff like that, even Shake Shack. Um and like 
they're like, oh, yeah, no, just the bun is grilled cheese now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, oh, shit. Okay. I didn't think of that. That's pretty wild. But now Steph Curry is not hitting any shots. Pretty amazing. Um, so, yeah, I think similar thinking. The creative weirdo places that are just, you know, not afraid to be wrong, not afraid to, like, completely have something suck. But, man, the things that they do experiment do experiment with that work really, really work. And I think that's Burner's Priest. Um, well, Kelsey, I think we've answered that question sufficiently. Thank you so much for sending it in. Thanks to everyone who sent in questions. It's very much appreciated when you do that. Um, Kelsey, do you have anything you'd like to promote? Um, if anyone listening to this has not subscribed to the Dishes and Dimes podcast, you're missing out. We've got some, our next episode will be coming out Monday. So look out for that. And yeah, you can find me there and you can find me at Raptors Republic. Fantastic. Uh, and I uh, look forward to reading more of your stuff on the 905 because you've been kicking ass with the coverage down there for Republic all season long. And I look forward as they uh, kind of make a push for the playoffs here a little bit to uh, read more of your stuff. So keep keep on keeping on. Uh, you can find me at Woodley Sean. You can subscribe, yeah, subscribe to rate and review the podcast for your podcasts. It's much appreciated when you do that, not just for this show, but all of the locked on shows that you want to support. There is almost certainly a podcast covering the team you like in any of the big four sports, plus the NCAA ranks as well. So please make sure you're finding those and uh, supporting the hosts because it helps us out a lot in terms of rankings and algorithms and all that good stuff. Uh, that's going to do it for today. We'll be back again on Monday to review the game against the Hornets and I guess the Nuggets as well. I think they play the Nuggets on Sunday. So we'll talk about those games, probably more so the Nuggets game because the Hornets game should be a wash, hopefully. If not, we'll have something to talk about. Um, but until then, have a great weekend, everybody. And we will talk to you on Monday with another episode of Locked on Raptors. Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.